Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that too, guys. It's so good to be back. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, but you know what? We want to talk about Star Wars because it is goddamn depressing out there right now, and I need something to bring me up. You have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, July the 5th, episode 151. June, June the 5th. 5th. June the 5th. Sorry. Friday, June the 5th. Yes, you know what? We are only on level 6 of Jumanji, Greg. Stop trying to jump ahead in the game. Don't bring the next disaster in before we're ready for it. Coronavirus. Pa- pandemic. Global pandemics. Rioting in the streets. Protests for Black Lives Matter. I, it's you know, going to be dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria next. Like, seriously. We're going to see Godzilla attacking the mainland before the end of the year at this rate. No, no, swear to God, Dave, and, and what is it, an asteroid <laughs> the size of New York is coming our way now? There's a giant so, UFO hovering over Washington, D.C. and New York City. <laughs> so seriously, I was as somebody I was made a joke about that, that exact same joke you did, Scott, like great minds thinking alike. And then I started reading this book on like uh, on Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and how they're trying to like colonize Mars and all of that. And in one of the chapters of the books, it talks about how a thing that scared Bezos was that NASA calculated that there was an asteroid that was going to have a near miss of the planet in 2022 or something like that. But that near miss was actually going to alter the course of the asteroid so that it would actually hit the Earth then in 2046. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. And fortunately, they like redid the math and checked it, and that didn't turn out to be true, but for like a week or so, a bunch of scientists were running around thinking like, holy shit, we've just conclusively proved that the world is going to end in 2046. Oh. <laughs> well, it's Elon Musk. The dude was high as fuck, you know, before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, guys, you know what? I am Greg Lent. I am playing host to this little dog and pony show while Steve Baldwin is still out on leave uh has he officially Bill. announced his project is that is it is it frozen, out in the wild frozen in carbonite frozen in carbonite frozen in carbonite has uh has princess leia entered in her in her um bounty hunter disguise to unfreeze him from the carbon detonite with the thermal detonator throwing a job his balls there Ooh, scott what was the name of leia's fake bounty hunter I'm, I'm going to mess up the name, but it's Bosch, Bosch, Bosch. <laughs> I can never pronounce that. Thing. I'm going yeah. to give that to you because yeah. I can't it, pronounce it either. It's, it's yeah. got a B and it ends in a shh. That's all. That's all I really know. Yeah. But yeah, it's and 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 she got she has the she has the funky mask that gives it the cool voice changing and everything like that. Yeah. I she think talks my, like like right it right there. Yeah. yeah. Childhood, Scott, hey. Childhood Scott definitely goes with Bosch. I used to call that thing. I love that action figure too, Bosch. <laughs> Let's go with that. Because he's holding a thermal detonator. I'm happy to be there. <laughs> Guys, first off, I have to introduce our newest cast member. Guys, welcome to the show. 
with Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Yes. I'm so glad he could finally be here to join us. And I'm sure that you are just as happy to be. Sir Anthony, what do you feel about it? I was far from excited. Oh, devastated. <laughs> devastated. Well, maybe he'll pipe in later in the show then, because, you know, we're happy to have him nonetheless. Yeah. But also joining the show. You know what's going to be really crushed about this is Steve. Steve's going to be really crushed. He doesn't get to interact with Anthony Daniels. Sir Anthony Daniels. Sir Anthony, are you are you actually are you, are you sad that Steve's not going to be here? Well, it, it's actually a treat for me. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> sorry, wow. Steve. He's, wow. He's honest. Anthony. I love this. Going both ways on this one. Oh. <laughs> gonna, this is going to be a great interview later. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, but anyway, I'm the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent, steering the ship tonight for some god-awful reason. Who knows? But also joining me, lifelong Star Wars fan joining me tonight, <laughs> Ivansky. Oh, I'm so happy to be here tonight, Greg. Uh, God, wow. It, something positive happening in the last... Two weeks, let alone three months. I'm, I'm feeling good about that. It's good to see you guys. It's good to talk Star Wars. It's good just to be alive. <laughs> it's good. You know what? Because you, you, I think, live in the most thick of everything that's happening in the city of Long Beach. Um, yeah. I, I live in southern Orange County. Um, not really much going on here. Dave, a little bit closer to the action. Um, and Nico, down in down in Oceanside, I, I'm not sure what's even happening by you. I, I, I oh. drove by protesters tonight on my way oh. home. We actually just had a protest walk across uh, Coast Highway down oh. through Oceanside, up and down. They've been going back and forth for oh, about four hours now, honking horns. And it is Oceanside, so maybe they're just lost. And, well. Yeah, I don't know. They look mostly homeless. Mm. To be to be fair, only half of our city is burned down. So and I'm on the side that's not burning, which is good. Okay, well that's Actually, good. All fires are out, but we did have a moment yesterday, guys. I, we'll, we'll have to talk about a lot of this off the air, but uh, right in my very neighborhood, I have photos that will show up soon. We had one person kind of lose their shit <laughs> out front, and there's some great stuff. Was it you? Was no, it was it was, it, was it you? It was, are you sure it wasn't you? <laughs> It was not me this time. I, <laughs> I know how you work, Scott. I'm just saying it's 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 possible it was you. That's what that's what that's what, that's what I'm going with. It was Anthony Daniels, guys. He came over. Sir with... Anthony Daniels. Was it? Would you say that was you, Anthony Daniels? Um, no, not so much. No, he denies it. He denies He's in it. Denial. All right, fine. Okay, He's that's very all smart right. man. There, there you go. So anyway, you also heard him down in Oceanside down there, amongst the uh, the uh, rabble of crowd in Oceanside. He is the captain of the... Nico Rodriguez. Hey, that's me. Hey, hi. How are you guys? How are we doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Good you? Have... Yeah, I'm all right. You know, I'm alive. I, I got off social media, and I haven't watched the news in a week. Have I missed anything? Nothing. Nico? Nothing. <laughs> um, I don't know, cause I stay off of that shit too, man. What are they saying on the gram these days? The TikToks, the Snapchats. What's going Fuck on? If I know, dude. <laughs> People still use Snapchat. Is snapping still a thing? I fucking hope not. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just got my MySpace page just how I wanted it, guys. Just <laughs> this week. Is MySpace even a domain that you can use anymore? Yes. Like, is that still a working it, website? It is. And an interesting thing that I read a couple years ago, MySpace traffic jumps consistently on one day out of the week. On one day? On one day of the week. Pretty like much MySpace every week. day? 
Yes, and it's Thursday because everybody goes to MySpace to get pictures for Throwback Thursday on Facebook. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's hilarious. That's, I believe it, and I that, love it. That is fucking funny. funny. And finally, we don't have all these clips that are going to be going in here, so just Dave, under no circumstances should you ever call him Harry Potter. God, that fucking guy. <laughs> welcome to the show dave oh good afternoon good morning good evening to all of you uh very sorry that uh my favorite rebel scum steve baldwin is not with us but that's okay he, like i said he's frozen in carbonite he's quite well protected you know when we're ready to bring him out we will but while the cat's away the mice will play and we hope you enjoy these shows and uh hopefully he will too when he gets a chance to listen to them <laughs> I, i'm obsessed with this frozen in carbonite picture of steve now i think we need to get a picture of steve and actually encase it in carbonite and present that to him i think he would I, just get such think, a kick out of that when he is unfrozen from carbonite obviously and by the way un, unfrozen carbonite is a horrible punk band name but <laughs> Uh, Melted Steve, carbonite. Uh, excuse me, Scott Evansky, you might be the person to go to for Greg's uh, little scheme that he just envisioned there. Some type of Photoshop action. Okay, so I'm I'm running a little bit behind on this, Dave. Uh, I, two weeks ago, I Nico tasked me on another project, and I haven't been able to do. But I actually am looking that up right now, so I'm going to try and get all of it done for the launch of this show on Friday. Because I'm just saying. When I asked you in my hour of need, when I needed a picture of then Attorney General Jeff Sessions with a, a sign behind him that read Department of Lollipops, you like came through for me the same day with that. And it looked real. You know, like, it, it was a legit deep fake. It looked real. Do you know the task you. that I have Scott Evansky working on right now? I, I, I think we talked about it two weeks he's ago. He's editing my, my, my wedding photos right now. Well, this, oh. okay. But I'm doing that too. That takes priority. That I'm takes priority. Actually, Okay, hold on. I am doing that, but I can't even remember because Nico on the last show said I needed to do a Photoshop job for, before we launched the last. Oh, show. Yes. And I think you did that mid-show. I think you. I think you had it done by the time the show was over. Did with. I? Good God, I am. Or was that the Queen Elizabeth thing you did prior to? That was the Queen Elizabeth thing. And that was that some was of your best Steve. work, by the way. <laughs> that is really some of your best work. That was fun. I, thank never, thank never God heard. we have a fucking Photoshop genius on this show. He's an idiot, but he's a Photoshop genius. I mean, come on. Well, thank you. Like, thank like you. that old Weird Al song, That Boy Could Dance, like, that boy could Photoshop here. Photoshop. Just for that, Nico, your wedding photos are going to have some really weird pictures of Greg in it. That's <laughs> okay? I think you uh, want audio. Greg, Greg has some Photoshop, Photoshop skills, too, because one of... When Christine and I first started dating, one of the things she did was she made a little collage picture that I, I still have on my desk of the two of us in our various, you know, couple selfies that we were doing like the first six months we worked together. And Greg, for a birthday thing one year, he took that collage and photoshopped his own face over mine for all of them and posted <laughs> it to Christine. So I'm just saying – Greg is I like, was, oh, Scott's the Photoshop master. I'm like, wait a minute, Greg. I'm looking at you, and you have some skills in this area. <laughs> I, I was, I was very proud of that. It was, it you was, should, you should it be. Was, it was ridiculous and 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 stupid, but I am so proud of it. It, and, it uh, took well as as you are of many of your accomplishments, ridiculous and stupid, and that's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it also took that also took some work. I mean, that was commitment. Yeah. That wasn't just like, oh, I'm doing one thing. You had to do like nine or twelve. You had to do it nine or twelve times in a row, which is a little bit of work. <laughs> and I I don't do anything nine to twelve times in a row. I'm just telling. I'm just I'm just putting that out there right now. So, um, it, well, it was all my same face. It's just the hardest thing about it was figuring out how to reverse the picture. So I because the, sometimes the face was facing the other way, so I had to reverse the photo. But it was it was all the same face. Uh, other than that, um, it, yeah, the the face never changed. It was just one shot of my face that was just photoshopped over and over and over again. I have to I have to say there's been a few of us that have done some stuff like this. I think Greg, you did some of the stuff for the t-shirts. Nico did one of the shirts, which is No, fantastic. Nico did Nico did all Nico did the shirt. Um okay. from from the the one that had your face on the inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was all Nico. That was all that Nico. That was Nico, but you that did the one job. I think you're the one who did um the, the the group shot where my face is on your shirt. No, that was that one was Steve. That one was Steve. Good God, we all have some Photoshop skills. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying this. All right. We're old men with too much time on our hands. Is what we are. <laughs> I'm not old. I'm not old. So we do have some stuff to talk about tonight, guys. Um, do we? Well, should we should we address? I mean, I don't know. This is this is kind of where it gets serious, guys. Do we do we need to address anything that's going on? Should we just? I mean, is is don't be a dick enough? Is 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 realizing I, that, that we're white and we've have, ever had everything handed to us and we need to realize that that is not right. Is that enough to say? Do we need to say anything more about that? What do you I, guys think? I mean, I don't know where we want to all stand on this. I have a certain stance on it, but if we are going to say anything, I, I'm siding with, I'm the Black Lives Matter guy. I'm out there with the protesters. I wholeheartedly have been talking about this for years. So, you know, stop murdering people. Stop murdering black people. I don't understand why this is such a big issue. So I I saw a social media post a couple of days ago, and I wish to God I saved it. But it was a picture of a protester carrying a sign, black protester carrying a sign. And the sign said, if you think this is bad, wait until the acquittals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was like, that guy is so on point. And it's the perfect summation of what this all actually is about, because the number of cops who actually face consequences for the the bad things that they do. And let me be clear. Most cops are good. Mm -hmm. Most cops are good. Yeah. Yeah. The bad apples, the bad apples in air quotes that no one can see because it's a podcast are really, really, really bad apples. But they never face the consequences that they rightfully should. And that's the Mm -hmm. systemic problem, not the, I shouldn't say. That is a part of the systemic problem that these protests are about. There's something like been in the last 10 years, 155 cops that have actually faced prosecution for the complaints that were filed against them. And I will stipulate that many of those complaints are probably not valid, They are disgruntled people who are making inaccurate claims, but there is no way in 10 years of this whole country there have only been 155 legitimate prosecutable offenses committed by police officers in the whole of the country. That just doesn't make sense. Seems seems a little low. Seems a little low. Of that 155 number that I saw reported on, only five total actually resulted in convictions. Yeah. Over like 10 years. So that sign coupled with that report that I saw, I was like, it really brought home for me what 
the experience must be like. I can never understand it because I've never lived it, but it really drove home for me what the experience must be like. And that's what has to change. And the systemic problem will only change if there is a systemic solution. That will only happen if people vote. Yeah. yeah. Vote. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have anything to say about it, really, because like you, Dave, I haven't experienced it because of because of the privilege that I have been given, you know, with my with my place in society. So I, the only thing I can recommend is go out and and listen to people who've had these problems. You know, listen, listen to them, listen to their stories. Don't discount their stories. Don't don't write them off. Don't, you know, call them names or whatever. Listen to what they have to say. Yeah, and, I agree with you, Greg. But I also want to say that's a first step. There's a lot of steps involved. You have to are. listen, but you have to make the change or do things that will help make that change. Be a part of the solution. Don't be a part of the problem. And and Dave, I got to say this. As much as I agree with you, there is a sadly a little humorous part in there uh, by way of Chris Rock. You did mention bad apples, and he does have an entire thing about Black Lives Matter and the term bad apples. You should watch that. It's quite funny, but very relevant at the same time. And I do want to clarify one thing. When I said I don't understand what the issue is, I don't mean the issue of the situation that's happening right now. I think I don't understand the issue of why we're having this problem with police. And you can say, instead of bad apples, and if you don't want to say it, I'm going to say it. I don't, there are good cops out there, but there are clearly bad cops doing bad yes. things. And that yes. has to stop. There has to be consequences for that. It's yeah. unbelievable. And, and the, even, the even sadder things is, it's not like it's a faraway story. There are bad cops in our communities. You yeah. Know? I mean, I mean, just just today in the Orange County Sheriff's Department, there is like there's, you know, uh, a, one of the guys, you know, rousting the protesters is was wearing a a badge of of, of of Unit 3 or whatever it was, which is a white supremacist group. I forget the name of it, but it had something to do with a three. And and and, yeah. and it's it's a it's a it's a white militia, white white militia group that and he's wearing their badge on his Orange County Sheriff's yeah. uniform. And the Orange County Sheriff had to put out a press release saying that they don't condone that. And he should have been shouldn't have been wearing that badge while representing the he Orange should, County Sheriff. He shouldn't have been wearing it. And honestly, he should be removed from the force. Yes. That's yeah. part. That is part of this that ha- this systemic problem yeah. that has to change is when you have a bad actor. And by mm-hmm. the way, Chris Rock is a very smart guy and a very funny guy to be a good comedian. You have to be smart. And if he's saying something that makes fun of me in any way, Chris is probably right. I just want to get. I just want to say that up front. <laughs> if he's saying anything that makes fun of anything that I've just said here. Chris is right, and I am wrong. It just it was relevant but, to what you said. That's all. But totally fair. But Greg, that story I hadn't seen that. That horrifies me. And yeah. those people need to be out of there. They are in a position of public trust, and you can't have a position of public trust if you are believing that you are somehow above the rest of the public because you are a specific race or you feel a specific way. That can't happen. You cannot be in a position of trust if you have that as your belief. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's your job. Your job is to protect the citizens around you, all citizens. You just – I don't know. There's another issue in Long Beach, the, the photo that went viral with the uh, uh, officer holding the rubber uh, bullet gun to the, the father that's holding the kid on their on their shoulders. And there's a lot of questions about it, but they actually acknowledged it and they're doing an investigation into it right now. And it's 
quite disturbing when you see it. It's, it's it is, but but there have been a lot of things that have have warmed my heart. I mean, I saw, I think it was on Hollywood Boulevard. I I'm yeah. not 100 percent sure, but when a bunch when a group of protesters were marching by and they took a knee and the National Guardsmen all took a knee with with the protesters in that area. Yeah. And that. That warms my heart because the National Guardsmen are not there because of the protesters. They're there because of the rioters and the looters. Yeah. And, and I like some... that they and I like that they they sent that message of solidarity to the people who were marching. Some yeah. some really beautiful, peaceful uh, protesting and and uh, uh, working together between protesters and law enforcement has the stuff that has been shown is really amazing. And sadly, there's just a lot that. You know, I know violence and, and mayhem gets glorified in the news. I'm not saying fake news, but I'm just saying I know that that seems to be the, the selling point. But there's just been a really a lot of good, positive things that are kind of coming out of here. And definitely the dialogue that's happening with people. I think that's well, it. And I was very I was very heartened to hear anecdotally that in the city of Washington, D.C., after Monday's photo opportunity, protesters increased in Lafayette Park and a lot of people came out in Washington DC that had not been out previously because they said we we don't want this happening in our city we don't want what happened Monday to happen in our city and we are not going to be intimidated and we are not going to stand down yeah. and i salute the people of Washington DC for that response yeah i know i know we want to kind of get through this and stuff but i i want to say one more thing greg I do want to give a huge shout out to all the citizens of Long Beach. Uh, I'm a Long Beach resident here in California, and uh, we know it was a little crazy on the first night of, of the looting and the rioting and stuff that broke away from the protests. But everybody that came out and cleaned up the next day, unbelievable. It just made me feel so proud to be a part of this city and see that kind of. Yeah, we got we got to celebrate the things that are that are positive that are happening out there um, because amongst all the the protesting and 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 mostly peaceful protesting you know as well I think you know and it's and it's it's worldwide now it's not just in this country you no know? all it's it's reached all 50 states and across the world at this point yeah um, uh, uh, amongst all the positivity of the protesting and people actually you know making awareness for or, or raising awareness for making a change um we had we've had to, had to suffer some a lot of in, you know uh, the bad stuff too and that's the stuff that, that gets glorified so if we can if we can highlight the positive that's going to come out of this and and squash a lot of the negative um we're we're on the right track yeah that's all we can do that's all we can do yeah, i believe that too and but, vote vote yeah, that's the most important thing i mean yes. it's 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 it's, it's I, we said it before the show. We're the the old guys. You know, three fourths of us are the old guys here. It's up to the it's up to the younger the the other twenty five percent of the show. <laughs> that's what's going to affect. So <laughs> that's where we're going. In the meantime, guys. Yes. From ABC News World Headquarters. This is ABC World News tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the wretched hive. So be it. Yeah, there are a couple of news stories out there, and you know what? Some of ish. them are even Star Wars-ish. Some of them are even Star Wars-related. We're starting to hear, I don't know if you guys have heard, but this month, June 2020, theaters are going to start to open again, guys. Cinemark Theaters, 
Fake Cinemark news. Theaters will be opening up. I think the 19th is their schedule. Is their planned date to open right now? Do, what do you do think? They, gonna, yeah, sorry. I was gonna say, what do you what do you think it's gonna look like? That's that was my question. I, is I, do they have a, a set like? I scene? saw it. I saw a picture of an interior of a – I don't know if it was a movie studio, I mean a movie theater or an actual live theater, but they were literally just taking the seats out. They taking were literally, the They wow. were literally just taking – you know, here's two seats, and then they would remove two seats or three I've, seats, and then here's another that. grouping. And then they yeah. would – in the row back, they would remove stuff out of sequence of it. And it it's going to be – I, I – want to go to movie theaters i am not re- if a movie theater was open right now i'm not ready to go to one yet i don't no. i don't think i don't think i'm personally ready and i don't think the area of the country where i'm living is ready for me to do it but it, it's going to be very very weird to be in like a a 25 capacity theater especially as small as some of these theaters are you might just be in there with 20 people and it's a sold out house yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's going to be a hell of a way to see the next you know christopher nolan mind fuck of a movie that comes out <laughs> You know, because there are the mega screens. You know, you go to you go to the Chinese theater, and and that theater is very large. It's not yeah. an IMAX. I, I'm not talking IMAX. I'm talking like the the, the main screen in in well maybe it actually isn't. Is it an IMAX screen in at the, at the Chinese theater? I don't yeah. remember now. If it's hot. Scott, you've been there a bazillion times. You tell me. Yeah, the the original main theater there's the side theaters they're the smaller ones but the main theater that you know as the chinese theater is now an imax screen okay it's just it's it's adjustable but yeah it's still a 1700 seat house it's it's a it's a massive massive room so there's the there's the mega theaters and then there's like the sinopolis type theaters guys or the sinopolis whatever however you however you pronounce that goddamn sinopolis that 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 chain of movie theaters the the real sinopolis one of the first real – thank you, Nico. One of the first real luxury <laughs> movie theaters that's out there. I just want to make sure that I, – I, I heard him, but I didn't acknowledge him, so I need to – I wanted, I wanted to make sure. It's French. It's pronounced I'm sure he's Sinopolis. <laughs> I'm sure. he's, he's known me for a while. He knows I discount him quite a bit, but I'm not trying to. <laughs> uh, but, but those theaters <laughs> – Did it come from Lucasfilm? You're just going to keep doing that all night. Yeah. Do what? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh man. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Sinopolis. What is it called again, Nico? Sinopolis. Thank you. Those theaters, you know, they have only had about 20 seats to begin with. They've never been a, a very big, a very big room. So. Are they those luxury seats, the the recliners and all that? Yeah, the like recliners the, the, where they have a full service restaurant and bar that they serve you while you're sitting. It's not like the regal ones where you go and get fucking microwave chicken nuggets and then you have to stand there at the side of the counter <laughs> like an asshole for 20 minutes. Yeah. No, you go to these theaters and you sit and the world's comfiest like automatic recliner chairs ever, and then you have a waiter that comes to your chair takes your order where they have a full like real restaurant like nice decent food and a full service bar with liquor and beer and wine and you order while you're sitting there and they'll come and bring you stuff and then there's even a button like the fucking stewardess button on an airplane 
where they'll get a notification and they'll come to your chair. And if you want another drink or you need more popcorn or whatever, while you fucking sit there in your theater watching your movie. Okay, it's okay, an amazing so, experience, but the tickets are like forty, fifty dollars a piece. Yeah, they're they're expensive. Plus, plus they're expensive. whatever you buy while you're sitting. Yeah, and 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 and, and the movie food is not cheap either. So, I was so. gonna say this is the article we're gonna go with right after that heavy, heavy discussion about privilege. <laughs> <laughs> but but those seats are also not only yeah. as Nico described in great detail. Um, <laughs> The seats are also like separate, so it's like a group of like two seats, you know. And then there's a space, and then, and then there's another two seats, and then another big space, and then another two seats. So they're already, it is like social distancing already before it was even popular. Yeah. The cool yeah. thing about them too is that the like between the two seats, the little um, armrest in the middle goes up, so it's like a couch. Mm-hmm. What so are they? It's like a freaking bed. Sex in the, in the theaters? I am sure they do. Wow. I, no, we do have that up here for some the, reason. The thing is, they're they're a little more lit than than normal uh, theaters, and I don't mean that in the millennial cool lit. lit. I mean the lights are brighter than most theaters. Wow, wow. we appreciate um, you clarifying that for us, Nico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Thank you. And What's he as, you're, as you're enjoying your movie, the last thing you really want that I discovered is the guy sitting next to you getting a third round of fucking popcorn. So. It's it's kind of distracting. Greg, Greg, we, we we are now taking an outing to Sinopolis, and I know exactly what I'm going to do all this fucking movie. Sinopolis. Just, I'm or, just gonna get just keep ringing that order, bell. After food order. After food order. Keep asking for sides of ranch. Just keep ringing that goddamn bell. Oh my god. Oh my god! Here comes Bryce one more time to bring another round of ranch dressing. <laughs> And, and Mrs. Greg Lent is going to have my back the whole time. Nico, <laughs> am, am I off base on that? No, not at all. You're pretty on Anthony point. Daniels, you haven't spoken up in quite a while. What do you think of guys interrupting your movies as you're trying to enjoy them? Pretty difficult, oh, I thanks, will admit. Thanks for, thanks for chiming in there. It's pretty difficult. <laughs> How dare you interrupt Sir Anthony Daniels? Well, he was quiet for a while. Maybe he's just thinking an answer. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, we we have some of those not that elite, but we do have like Nico was saying the the crappy ass regal ones. But seriously, it's like um, it's already kind of a social distance thing. Although some of them do have like four or six chairs all next to each other. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. So June nineteenth, guys. June, we're that's like two weeks away. Two weeks away from from actual being able to go to a movie theater. Well, again. How many fucking movie theater companies are even around still? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Well, AMC has announced that they might not survive the year, so you you might be down one less chain. So the the, the we'll pop the, the pop culture apocalypse really is upon us in all of this. I mean, if yeah. you think about it. Uh, it is possible that movie theater chains will not survive. It's possible comic book companies will not survive. It's possible that movie studios may not be able to survive. I mean, it's we're we're on the leading edge of all of this. Yeah. But these places have really given up revenue for three, four months, and who knows how all those dominoes are going to play out. Yeah. yeah, we're we're moving closer and closer to the uh, the megacorp end of the world where it's going to be those who do survive are going to buy up everything else. And then there's going to be fucking three companies that rule the world. I, I mean, it, it 
we talked about how inevitable Disney has been for years on this show, and I, I keep coming back to it, Disney might have to be acquired to survive in the next year or two if they if things don't recover all the way for them. You, you know, when you first brought that up, Dave, yeah, I, I agreed with you on that, or at least felt the same way for a, a while. But now they're starting to open up the parks and they have all this safe distancing thing going on. I want to see how that plays out. God, I hate even I, saying that because I already know how certain things are going to play out. But, you know, it, their parks are open in other areas. Disneyland is obviously not here on the West Coast. But if they think they can manage it and keep people safe. It, yeah, if, this Disney World is targeting July right now. Yes. Okay, what's and, one open I, in China? I would not bet against Disney. Uh, but, sh- uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong, right? Yeah, Disney Shanghai. And I would not certainly not bet against Disney. I just I just mean, you know, for all the impossible things that had to happen for Disney to to be in a, a vulnerable spot, like all those things are happening when Disney was really at a vulnerable spot, just in terms of all the capital that they expended to purchase Fox and absorb Fox. If this was happening in another year, they would be in a better financial position. If sure. this had happened before the Fox acquisition, they were in a stronger financial position. But they're in that that weird year where everything has to come up roses for them to not have any problems, and suddenly nothing's coming up roses. You know, and, you, and and go ahead, Nico. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, how do you think um, that all would have gone then if uh, if Disney hadn't spent all that money on acquiring Fox and all those other properties? If they, they, they hadn't done that, now they're okay because they have all their capital. But then all those companies are going to go under. Do you think they would be bought up by somebody else? Do you think well, Disney would still get them but cheaper? Yeah. Like, what does that mean for all of the nerds and the Marvel properties so, that Sony and 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 Fox had? Like, you know, do we if, still if you, get those or no? If you play all that out, I mean, Disney. If Disney didn't buy Fox, the other Fox suitor was Comcast, the parent for uh, Universal and NBC and all that. They would have bought Fox, and they probably would be up a creek without a paddle right now. And maybe Disney would swoop in and buy off pieces of it over the next year or two. Yeah, and that still could be a thing. But here's the thing. It's Disney, and as much as they're claiming a loss, it's Disney. They make – god – I want to say billions, but I've got to, it's got to be more than that. It's just got to be just mega money that we're out of our league. But here's if, the thing: if if Scott, if we're making money, you and I, we're yeah. looking at the view screen right now, and Disney is shooting by us, and you're looking at me saying, "Holy shit, they've gone plaid." Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh, great reference, by the way. Yes, <laughs> full on space balls right there. But here's the catch. Even with that, we're talking in a situation of what we comprehend. They also get bailouts. They also get um, – God, I'm, I'm losing my my, uh, <laughs> my terminology right now. Um, all their tax, all the credits that they get, they're, they're going to be fine. And if they do have to end up selling some stuff off, they have enough like assets right now to just – Toss a few things aside but, in the next. But six the thing months. is, the 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 point that I was trying to make really is, if everybody is fucked right now, yeah. If you try to sell anything, who's gonna fucking buy it? Because everybody's fucked. Nobody has money to buy stuff. But you're talking right now, and we're already in the middle of a second phase rollout in most of the country. In fact, some of the states have already been in a point. I'm talking just in the U.S., but globally. 
who are doing way better than the U.S. right now, got light years ahead of us, um, there's situations where they're already starting to see economic recovery. And we're already in a, our stock markets have been going up over the last week or two, which yeah. is shocking to me. Well, but- stock market is not coupled to reality. The stock market may even be more disconnected from real- reality than our president is. But you go Fair- to your point, those types of acquisitions are done entirely on credit. And credit is available for anybody that wants it right now because interest rates are so low. And the Fed is like, we will print money. We will do whatever we want so that people borrow money and keep the economy moving. So if somebody wanted to do a big acquisition right now, this is literally the cheapest time in a generation after five years of being able to say that. It is literally the cheapest time in a generation to do a major purchase. This is the lowest interest rate you will ever find right now to buy a house if you want to buy a house. There's no reason you should want to buy a house right now, but – I think you can get something at a 30-year at like almost a 3% interest rate right now, which is – Or less. Which is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. It's it's uh, amazing. Just yeah, I'm actually going to be looking into buying a, a new – brand new from the dealership kind of car in the next couple of weeks, I think. They, they, they might actually pay you to borrow money to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like – just, I'm getting your point that the common uh, and the common sense is like no nobody should be buying stuff right now but for that type of a business where you borrow money based on your ability to bring in revenue it's like the revenue is going to be there so people want to lend you money so that the bank can make money on the in, on the interest payment yeah. yeah yeah and I know this all stemmed off the movie theater thing and it's going to be interesting to see how big companies like Disney and all these other companies start to go back into that format if it's going to be something that can save them i'm, I'm curious because you're already many things are going to happen you're already on this subject so let's bring it back up you're going to lose a lot of people first of all a lot of people are still very hesitant i know that the country's divisive and on what you want to do and whether we reopen or not but the fact is the reality is this is a real thing and so you put a bunch of people inside of a movie theater there are going to be the people that want to go back and do it, and there are going to be, like Dave said it, I feel the same way. I don't think I'm going to be going into a movie theater for a long time. And Yeah, I, I'm not going I, back I, right I, away either. Yeah, I won't be going in June. <laughs> no, my, yeah. my timeline is more along when the Black Widow release date is. When is that again? They changed that? November. Uh, I think it's November now, right? November, is that right? I, it, it's my only chance to really see Scarlet with the restraining order, so i gotta, I got to take advantage <laughs> of that. <laughs> See, that's the thing. What is it going to take, you know, to get people to go back? And and that's why people are so amped to look at what's going to happen with the new Christopher Nolan movie, because that guy has put out, you know, all the Batman movies, the blockbusters, and then Inception, and then the last one was the 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 war movie, and I can't remember what Dunkirk. the name of the movie. Dunkirk. Thank you very much. Um, all very critically successful, commercially successful. So the perfect guy to to gauge where things are at um, because this guy has everything stacked going his way. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how you would know. Now that doesn't mean every movie is going to be successful. I don't think people would go out to go see Dr. Strange too, you know? No, um, but you know, but you know what might get people back in the theaters? Bob Iger. This is, this is directly for you. Do we, ha- do we have the Bob Iger thing? Oh, where is I, I, I'm not, I'm so slow on the draw guys. Oh my God. Where'd it go? 
Holy shit! There we go. Bob Iger. All right, Bob. <laughs> just for you, I'm just gonna throw. I'm just gonna throw it out here. But this, I guarantee, would draw people back into the theaters. And Bob I literally am just having this idea right now. Theatrical re-release. De-specialized Star Wars original trilogy. People would come back oh. to the theaters for that. Oh my God, Anthony, Sir Anthony, what do you think about that? Um, no, not so much. Wow, he's so <laughs> negative. Anthony's such a dick. Don't listen to him. God. I don't even know if he's knighted. I'm going to keep calling him Sir Anthony, though. I don't but care. Scott, Scott, you were, Scott I, I, I saw your facial reaction there. If that actually happened, I saw you just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, I would. Dude, I would suit up in a hazmat suit to go see that in the theaters. Are you kidding me? That'd be amazing. <laughs> Anthony, what do, what, what do you think of Scott in the hazmat suit, Anthony? What do you think? It's attractive. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I think I found my new best friend. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I like you, Goldenrod. So, movies are up in the air, but TV, guys, TV's where it's at. Yeah. Mandalorian, still on track, and now we're starting to get word of some new series that are that are possibly getting some cast members called out for. Um, and I'm looking specifically at uh, one blue-skinned admiral in the uh, old Imperial Navy there. What do you think about that? Nice. I'm going with uh, Thrawn. Is General that... Thrawn, a possible live-action Thrawn Admiral TV Thrawn. show. Admiral Thrawn, unless this is the July 5th episode. Maybe it is General Thrawn. You know, well, here, here's the thing, because this is, this is saying it's this article that I'm getting from the Diz Insider, whoever these people are. It says, according to our good friend Daniel Rickman, whoever that is, Disney is looking to cast a live-action General Admiral Thrawn to be used in. So I don't know if I trust the credibility of these guys. What was the the name of that? Daniel Rickman. No, the name of the site. Uh, Diz Insider. D-I-S Insider. Diz Insider, but I clearly misheard you. If he's calling him General Admiral, maybe he should be the Jizz Insider is what it should be. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we've got Admiral Thrawn that they're looking for. Now, Admiral Thrawn was in, in... uh, in the 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 is it the heir to the empire? That's correct. Okay, the heir. I was trying I was trying to come up with the name because it's still a series of books that I have not read, guys. The it, heir it, to the it, empire series. Euphemistically called the Thrawn trilogy, but yeah, heir to the empire, Dark Force Rising, and the Last Command. Okay, there you go. The uh, so heir to the empire was just one of the books. It was not actually the name of the trilogy, is what it was. No. Okay, so no. heir to the empire. That's where he was int- introduced, though, right? Yes, yeah. heir to the empire. I am. Yeah. I. I am I'm I am able to to host a Star Wars podcast by knowing that. Very literally good. the best Star Wars product that was not the Mandalore the Siege at Mandalore in the last like 25 years. Yeah, I agree with that. What about the Mandalorian TV show? Uh, it better. The, the Heir to the Empire book was that good. Well, you, uh, you also like the Clone Wars better than the end of the Clone Wars better than the uh, Mandalorian season two. I, I I take umbrage with that, sir. I uh, I think we might have to meet on the field of battle and uh, and hash that one out. Yeah, okay, I see your point, Greg, but it was up there really high and Dave's quality entertainment. Dave, right? Yeah, Greg is disputing right. my ranking. He's not saying that it was a bad show. Right. In, fa- right. in fairness. So. Heir to the Empire, man. I'm telling you, Dave is dead on right with that. It is absolutely the best material out there. It is so good. In the last 25 years. I do have to actually read it, though, right? I have to actually you, read it. You you it, honestly you honestly should read it, Greg. I would be genuinely shocked 
if you didn't if you didn't at least appreciate it. Like if you read that and were like, this is complete shit, it's a waste of time, it would blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Gonna make me go grab a book. So for modern audiences, modern Star Wars audiences, I think they really got their first taste of Thrawn in in Rebels. Uh, the yes. the show the show that kind of bridged the gap between uh, the Clone Wars cartoon and where we are now with the Star Wars properties the uh, the Resistance that was the, the the cartoon that aired aired and and the new Star Wars movies that came out and as Rebel, well Rebels was known for its cutting edge animation was it not Oh it's just it's just tight tight on the animation could not be better <laughs> got a little smell of sarcasm there. Oh, bad, uh, maybe maybe just a little bit maybe just a little bit but but along with thrawn who they so so thrawn was in there thrawn was the major enemy in season two and he was very good and that's i think that's kind of where a lot of modern star wars fans got really got their first taste of thrawn was in, in that one also the the main character of that uh ezra bridger is also rumored to be getting a show as well and and that show to be set kind of later in the timeline so you might see a little bit of an older so we've got two Star Wars shows in the works for the small screen because it seems to be that's what they can plan for right now. Um, who else do you guys want to want to see on the small screen, guys? With, are those is that enough for you? Are you excited about that stuff or what do no, you? Uh, I, what do you I think? want Mara Jade. Yeah. Mara Jade. Yeah, Mara yes. Jade is probably the character most people want to see out of all the uh, legends. You know, and and that's the one name that I don't I think I don't think has come up. We've got Ahsoka Tano, we've got Captain Rex rumors, Bo Katan, uh, now Ezra Bridger, Ezra Bridger and uh, Admiral Thrawn, but still no Mara Jade. Do you think she ever comes back? What what uh, what's you know what's holding it back that that's keeping her from coming out there? Quite frankly, I, I don't understand. I know Dave's going to jump in on this, but I got to just say this is just because of Thrawn and the the heir to the empire uh, trilogy there, I you, I can't understand why Mara Jade's name hasn't been thrown out there for something like this. She's just really important in the sense of legends and how much she went on to all the other comics. Um, God, I think there was a short limited series called The Emperor's Hand with her. Just some really great stuff out there. Sorry, Dave. Please take it. I I was going to say, I hope the reason that people keep saying Mara Jade is that Lucasfilm is just truly waiting for the right opportunity and they're not just rushing into it yeah. because she is one of the the great legends characters that has that they they haven't done anything with yet and if they did it just for the sake of doing it it would it would not be well received she was never just you know just the chick just the the you know the female counterpart or love interest for Luke Skywalker or anything like that. She is an incredibly fully formed, wonderful, complex character, and my sincere hope is that they're waiting for the right opportunity to bring that in and bring well, that story in. You know, as much as as much as what you're saying, I, I totally am, I'm behind what you're saying, Dave. But here's the funny thing: back in the day, and as much as we've ripped on Lucas and the old Lucas film and and those dark years up until we got the prequels, which became the dark years again. You know, one of the things is when Mara Jade was introduced and then all of the expanded universe stuff, the video games, the uh, the comic books, the novels, everything, Lucasfilm did something right. And you said waiting for the right opportunity. They actually hired an actress named Shannon, some, Shannon McCrandall or something like that to play a live version of her at, like, conventions – um, use her likeness in the books and the video games. And 
she was pretty much spot on. She, you know, the red hair looked, you know, fit the fit the part, basically. And I, I give Lucasfilm a lot of credit for doing something right like that. And they need it. They need it, absolutely. Yeah. Give them all the credit they need. Yeah. So, you know, guys, as we sit here, June, June, not July as I said earlier, June the 5th, 2020, we have just passed the official Star Wars Day. I'm looking at you, Scott, May the 25th. Yeah. And also, we passed the 40th anniversary of a little film called The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, my God. 40 years old that film is now guys great movie such a great movie the best without argument star wars movie out there did have period, we period end of sentence did we have a consensus on that are we all on board or were there some people that were some no. saying star wars was better i can't remember now I'm gonna have to go listen to the old shows so honestly, I flip flop from time to time. I go back, I go back and forth uh, of which one is. But I can't, I can't fault anybody for saying that Star Wars is as good as, or maybe even a tick better than Empire Strikes Back. But my, uh, my heart will always be with Empire Strikes Back as the best one. Well, Greg, I'm going to take this from you if you don't mind, and I'm going to roll with it. Um, since it's the 40th of Empire, um, Dave brought up some articles, some great articles on our thread, and I wanted to talk about this and hopefully get you guys get some words on this, but. Uh, just wanted to briefly touch on this, that StarWars.com put out a great article about the last-minute changes to the original ending of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. So back when Empire was originally released into theaters, May 21st, 1980, there was a difference. Now, this is not a shock to any of the Star Wars fans out there, but most of the films have had changes and alterations over the years, and then the more drastic ones in the, in the 90s and uh, beyond – but back then, the original ending to Empire was not what we all know. Um, there were some alterations that were made because the ending wasn't clear as to how what was really happening with Luke and Leia in the medical bay where Lando and Chewie were in the Falcon. Um, and so I think what ended up happening was, and this is, I think, notorious on Lucas's part, um, Dave, you might want to back me up. I think you know some of this stuff, but uh, let me look back into the uh, notes here. It looks like one of the uh, Lucasfilm editors, J.W. Rinsler, who wrote a lot of the behind-the-scenes books uh, and documentaries, talked about these early screenings with the original ending. And I'm going to be like Steve here. I can't find the, orig <laughs> the original text on this. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Um, <clears throat> Steve will fix this up in editing. Don't worry about it. That's right. We'll fix it all in post. Yeah, so what, what ended <laughs> but, up happening was they put it out there, and for the early release, they started to notice that there was some disconnect between the moments in the scene, so Lucas wanted to clean it up, and notoriously does this, brings the print back, and says, guys, fix this. And ILM, within, I think it was about a week or two from yeah. the main release... Uh, ended up reshooting the scene to make it more clear as to where Luke, uh, Lando and Chewie were in the Falcon as opposed to the medical bay where Leia and Luke, where Luke is getting his mechanical hand, and you see C-3PO in the window of the medical bay frigate. So, so that, that, yeah. that, that remains where it's fun to me because we've talked about this ad nauseum for the original movie, like yeah. how impossible it is to say – this is an original cut of Star Wars because Lucas was making minor tweaks to it 
you know, for the first several weeks. After release. After release. Yeah. And I had, uh, when I shared that article, it's because I had forgotten he had also done that with Empire on on this ending. Can you imagine? This is entirely new to me, actually, guys. Everybody focuses on a lot of a lot of the stuff that went on, you know, to preserve the the plot twist of Empire, right? That you know, the fact that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father Whoa, that was not revealed to most of the cast until <laughs> Sorry, that was not revealed until they saw the actual final cut of the movie. Like literally, the only people that knew about it were on the were Hamill, Kirshner, Lucas, and I think James Earl Jones. Like yeah. weeks later, when he started recording dialogue, and he like. I seem to remember Earl Jones like looked back at the guy like, is this for real? Is this yeah. really what you want me to read? There's some, David Prowse is out there on some Jerry Springer set right now, just like, uh, and he's like, you are the father. And he's like, no. <laughs> is, David, is David Prowse still alive or is he just like that old guy from Breaking Bad who just like can ring the bell once for yes and twice for no? Uh, yeah, I think he I think he is kind of Hector Salamanca. Um, I am going right to hell, aren't I? Right to hell. Sorry, we just you, we binged the, late, the latest Better Call Saul season over the last week, so sorry about that. Can, can you imagine though, if we back it up here a second? So Papa George releases a movie, and for weeks after it's released, he's still making edits and shipping edits to theaters to show them. Imagine you go to a restaurant and you order a meal. And they bring it out to your table and you take a bite and then the chef runs out and doesn't even take it away from you. Just starts fucking with it at your table. And you're like, like okay. And then you take another bite. And then he's like, oh, no, 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 wait. And then changes it some more. And then you're like, all right. And then you keep eating it. And then like you take it for leftovers and they're like, yeah, we'll pack it up. And you fucking order lasagna, they send your ass home with spaghetti. You're like, wait a minute, where the fuck is my food? <laughs> well, That's Nico what I ate... feel like happened to these people who went to go watch these movies. <laughs> like, you watch it once, and you're like, holy shit, that's so cool. And you wait a couple weeks to save up, you know, your mowing the lawn, you know, paper route money, and you go see it again as a kid, and it's fucking different two weeks later. <laughs> that would blow my mind. I'd be pissed. Well, first of all, Nico, I think those were called sushi restaurants where the chef just keeps throwing shit at you. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's true. I mean, Star Wars was that way. Star Wars was that way out the gate. Um, they had the 35 millimeter print and the 70 millimeter print both had different audio tracks. So that's why a lot of people got dialogue mixed up because there was actual changes and sound effects as well. Um, but Empire, when this came up, I over the years and when the internet was new to a lot of us back in the 90s, I compiled a list of every change of every movie that I could find on every deep dark website somewhere out there, and this was one of those things that kind of shocked me as well. And when Dave brought this up, I'm like, I'm gonna have to go back to that list and double check. And sure enough, it talked about that. I'm like, damn, I must have overlooked the Empire section just because of pure perfection, but. Yeah, this this blew me away. I was really impressed. And another thing, Dave, and I wanted to bring this up with you guys, but Dave in general. So this is a, another moment where Lucas jumps in, makes the, the the you know the the decision to make these changes. He's the one that steps in and says, "I'm going to do this." I mean, he wasn't the director of this film. So at one yeah. point, 
He said, I'm going to change it. doesn't matter what Kirshner says. I'm making the changes. So. It, it, but in fairness, and I get what you're saying, but Lucas and Lucas had a lot of respect for Kirshner. Well, yeah. I Kirshner mean, they, they were teacher. they were very much they were very much partners on it. And from yeah. what I've read, Lucas's position on the movie was was not with what Kirshner did as a director. He was concerned with the editing, and yeah. he and Marsha had had conversations about what the final cut of the movie was actually going to look like. Huh. Did, did, did Marsha edit all three or did, did they get divorced after empire? That's a fair question. And I would have to look to see for sure. I'm going to say Greg I, is right on that because it was somewhere around that time when Lucas was dating. Oh, I, I don't know if I, Linda Ronstadt, right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I, I'm, I'm legitimately asking the question. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not making a statement. I'm asking a question. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So she it's might... not a rhetorical question from you. It's an actual question. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Daniels, is it a rhetorical question or is it not a rhetorical question? Mm. Um, no, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that clears it up. You know, Steve was I here. I can't believe be- that's all I set up right there with that. that, that <laughs> all we thing. hear from Steve on this episode is "you asshole." <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna refuse. He's gonna refuse to edit it. Like everybody's gonna be like, "Where's the wretched hive this week?" Because he's gonna be like, "No, I'm not editing this fucking thing with Anthony Daniels on it." <laughs> what do you? Guy. Well, Anthony, what do you think about handing this over to Steve as it is? What do you think? It, it was uncomfortable. No, well, yeah. all right. Oh. That's what she said. There is a. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I found it very interesting. And, you know, quite frankly, with what Spielberg's done and even Ridley Scott with some of their releases like Blade Runner and I, I think E.T. And I'd love to see an ultimate cut of different versions of the film. I think Blade Runner at one point had five versions on their Blu-ray DVD. I think I have that DVD set. Yeah. That documentary, that three-hour Dangerous Days documentary about the making of, is one of the greatest making of a movie documentaries you'll ever see. It is a documentary that is literally longer than the movie itself, but it is still so good. <laughs> I saw yeah. I saw a bit of fan art that turned Mark Hamill into the main character of Blade Runner. Like, he's all dressed up like Harrison Ford, but it's Mark <laughs> Hamill's face, and he's wielding a lightsaber. And I was like, <laughs> that is so bizarre, but it's actually very solid. It looks oh. good. So good. So yeah. good. So I'd love to see a cut of this somewhere down the road on some ultimate edition. It'd be kind of fun just to see, even even if it was just the moment, you don't have to have the whole film, just these little cuts and stuff. It'd be fun to throw into a documentary somewhere. You know, and that that's a fair point, Scott. Like maybe that's that's a product that Disney or Lucasfilm could put out at some point is just a comparison of like, hey, here's what the de-specialized edition looks like. And here's what the special, you know, here's what Lucas settled for back in the day. Yeah. And here's what the the actual vision was. You know, and was fulfilled. Do you think there still exists copies of the first run when it hit theaters? Like the first reels that went out there to theaters? Do you think those still exist? You know, George, yeah, George Lucas seems like the kind of guy who hates the past. <laughs> right well, he would want well. him back and he would want him destroyed and yeah. the new one is now the standard that's what i feel like would happen but do you think they're still out there yeah i'm I, sure they're still out there somewhere it's you don't just, even have to say you're sure i can positively acknowledge that 
There is absolutely one 35 millimeter print of the original Star Wars that I have physically seen. Oh, that's right. Your 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 super secret friend that works deep in the bowels of a uh, yeah. of a, a a vault, if you and, will. And I'm going to tell you this. Line, probably. So <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it, but fuck it. We're in a pandemic and riots are happening. So here's the catch. That does go out to secret locations, and he does play that from time to time. So I'm trying to hook us up so we can see an actual 35 millimeter print of that original film. No titles. I mean, no, none of the original titles that are the titles that have been changed. But that's what I'm trying to work on. I know. But you, you, in fairness, Scott, you've been talking about this before Emperor Trump, the first reign began. So hey. I'm I'm still <laughs> Emperor Trump, first of his name. <laughs> hey, look, if if they need like one of my fingers cut off, as long as it's not my ring finger with my wedding band and they got to like put a bag over my head and spin me around and walk me through some tunnels. I'm going to stay home for that. But otherwise, I'd be there, really interested. There will be tunnels involved. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. Yeah. Go. Say, go. No, Scott, you're going to say something. Go for it. Oh, no. I was going to say, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Dave, but I'm in all honesty, that does exist. It's a real thing. And I can actually get a photograph of the, the canisters. So. You know, and, and it's funny, too, because I, I guess you could say that the what's out there now is the director's cut. And we were talking about Blade Runner earlier, and, and they kind of came to, you know, an understanding that, that there's fans of all the different cuts. And, and, and that's why you end up seeing that one giant box set of Blade Runner that came out with four different, you know, versions of the movie. The original theatrical release, the first director's cut, the second director's cut, the ultimate cut, you know, that's all released in, in the same set. So... Yeah. I, the same thing with Close Encounters. I, I have a box set of that that has three different versions of the movie in it. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, you saw it kind of with that middle DVD release of, of Star Wars that did have the bonus disc of the uh, of the original movies that were transferred from an old Laserdisc that really, that really looked like garbage, but is the only official release of those movies that we've had in. Ugh, since they were even released, and even those have been out of print now for going on 15 years, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. Was it two, 2007? 2000? God, I don't the even DVD, know. Those DVDs came out in like 04, 05, like oh, around the time that the original trilogy was wrapping up, if I recall correctly. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So I still ain't betting on it, but uh, I, I, I would like to see it, but I'm betting it's not going to happen. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Dave. Well, I don't have any I don't have news to talk about per se, but we're not talking I, about news tonight. We're just shooting the shit because it's well, a then, pandemic and we need to talk about some Star Wars. Well, then this is perfect cuz this is my intersection of the the pop culture apocalypse that is going on. And uh, I found an article and I shared it in the thread and I figured you Greg and you Scott in particular would appreciate it. Nico and Steve not so much. But <laughs> fuck you, Scott. <laughs> I, it was an article written by uh, uh, Glenn Greenberg for Sci-Fi Wire, and Glenn was an uh, an editor and sometimes writer at Marvel Comics uh, back in the '90s when virtually anybody could be a writer at Marvel Comics. Love you, Glenn. No, no disrespect. <laughs> but he wrote a really great column. That reminded me of that time period when Marvel was publishing the the official tie-in, when the the expanded universe, if you will, for Star Wars was 
the Marvel Comics line, and that was it. But Marvel was stuck with this this need to publish a monthly comic book, and they couldn't advance any of the story for three years between the end of The Empire Strikes Back and the release of Return of the Jedi. You know, the ultimate cinematic cliffhanger, and they couldn't actually advance any of the character arcs that were going on, and they had to basically vamp and fill things for three years without vamping and filling things for three years because that just doesn't doesn't work. Uh, the Star Wars comics, which I've talked about before, in particular, the early years were like a who's who for comic book aficionados of the time. You had Roy Thomas writing it. You had Archie Goodwin writing it. You had Howard Chaikin doing art. You had Carmen Infantino doing art, like li- this literal murderer's row of people yeah. that kind of these, took the comic. These guys are legends, like legends working on this legends. book. Like seriously, Howard Chaikin drew star wars that still blows my mind every time i think about it <laughs> mostly because howard jacob would not come within a country mile of a corporate property exactly today like it just would never ever happen it's but, like if alan moore took over star wars <laughs> <laughs> honestly taken coming back to star wars would probably happen before alan moore would write star wars but <laughs> th- these guys took things through kind of the the empire strikes back era and then they they all kind of faded away, and you were left with how do we still develop this monthly comic while we can't really advance any of these major plot threads? And a guy named David Michelini rhymes with Pick My Nini was <laughs> – I swear to God, I read that somewhere once. But he was brought in. He took over the title and managed to finesse this really rough job of how do I keep telling interesting character stories without resolving any of the things that people really want to see. And this this article from Glenn walks us through everything, and it really hit home for me just because uh, David Michelini's first issue was uh, issue 51 of Star Wars, which I remembered buying as a kid at the the local drugstore. And the problem with buying comic books in the town I grew up in is that drugstore was the only place you could buy comic books, and that drugstore refused to order the same effing comic book month in and month out. So I bought part one of a two-part story and never got to read part two until like 30 years later when I got a reprint of it finally. But uh, (laughs) issue 51 was also notable because David Michelin said it was one of the first few times that I understand that Marvel ever got waved off from Lucasfilm on a plot element. Because Lucasfilm would wave them off of things that that it wanted to be left alone. And Michelini's plot was, oh, they're going to rebuild the Death Star. And that's what's going to happen. That's my first story. They're going to rebuild the Death Star, and the the remaining heroes are going to have to stop it. And Lucasfilm was like, whoa, hey, (laughs) you can't do it, and I'm not going to tell you why. (laughs) But you can't do it. So Michelini was like, okay, they're not going to build the Death Star. They're going to build something different. It's going to be called the Tarkin, but it's basically a Death Star. Anybody that sees the picture of this drawn by Walt Simonson is going to realize it's basically a stand-in for the Death Star. <laughs> and that was that was the storyline. Was part one was the was the rebellion discovering that they built this new kind of ultra compact super weapon called the Tarkin, and Luke and Leia and Lando and Chewie and the droids are all going there to investigate and be like, oh shit, this is really bad news. What are we going to do to stop it? And then that was part two, and I never found out what part two was for 30 years. Thanks a lot. Got Thanks it. a lot, Walt, the, you know, whatever. 
that drugstore was. I forget your name because it's late and I'm tired. The ultimate cliffhanger, though. Fucking for 30 years, yeah. just every, every, every week, Dave's going, God damn it, what happened to the Tarkin? It was a bummer. <laughs> it was a bummer. But I, I do want to point out for comic book aficionados, and Greg, you in particular will get this. Simonson was the artist for those issues, for those first issues that David Michelini wrote. And Scott's yeah. given thumbs up too. But the thing about that, Walt Simonson drawing Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Just ponder and appreciate that as a comic book aficionado. So I, I can only imagine that's about the same time he was getting started on his run on Thor too. Because the, the Thor run started in 82, right? 82, 83. So this was like 80, 81. So this was even prior to that. Okay. So so he finished up Star Wars and then jumped over the Thor after yeah, that. He, 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 okay. was not yet a, he was not yet a known commodity. And the art does not necessarily resemble the, the Walt Simonson trademark art that's there. Yeah, but it's still really, really good to look at. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. When you, when, first, you brought up Michelini, so I'm just like, oh my god, wasn't Dave um, Michelini? Wasn't he on Amazing Spider-Man and Iron Man? Was am I? He did Spider-Man. He wrote the Craven's Last Stand story, wasn't that? Isn't that? No, Dave that Michelini? was uh, J.M. DeMatteis. Yeah. Oh, DeMatteis did that. Okay. Yeah. Michelini took over Amazing Spider-Man shortly after that. He wrote okay. Web of Spider-Man prior to it. Okay. And I'm sure uh, Michelini yeah, has written Spider-Man. Iron Man at some point because he is he's one of those journeyman writers. He's never been a superstar name, but he is a legitimate, good, solid writer. Yeah, and Simonson is just one of my favorite artists. Just stuff that I've seen him do. And he's he's done one shots of like Daredevil and even did a couple, I think, X-Men books. My God, just love looking at his artwork. There's a you know there's the 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 cadre of guys who bounced around like that not because they were poor just you know the, you, they were they were the hot hand and so you would put them on books I mean John Byrne jumped around to, I think John Byrne touched every single book and he is a bigger name in the you know in the from the 80s but yeah you know, he touched a little bit of everything you know Walt Simonson touched a little bit of everything um now well, I, now I love that back then. Oh, by the way Simonson's inker I'd forgotten this Simonson's inker during his run was Tom Palmer, which is why it doesn't look like oh. Walt Simonson art. But oh. Tom Palmer is a legit, legit inker superstar. Yeah. Yeah. John John Armita Jr., another guy that, I'm, that I was thinking about too. J, but yeah, Jr. Yeah. did. He jumped around to a lot of books, and and it just improved the quality just immensely as soon as he was, you know, as, as for the issues that he was on. I mean, I I love that guy's work too. Yeah, yeah, I so, I, I love the style back then when they would bring somebody in when they needed a filler issue and they'd bring that an artist like them in. It was wonderful. One of the best things about comics. So these Star Wars runs are currently being uh, reprinted through the uh, the original Marvel years, a Star Wars epic collection. Uh, they've done four volumes of these so far. They're just getting up to that, that beginning period of time that I'm talking about here. Volume five, which will probably come out in 2021, will really get through the meat of this. So if you're you're interested in this long lost uh, bit of legends storytelling because none of it's canon now, but at the time, this was the only canon there was. Yeah. Uh, definitely keep an eye out for this and, and go pick it up because uh, a Michelini, Simonson, Palmer, you know, good two, three year run of Star Wars, that's a legitimate find. And if you get to read that for the first time, then I promise you, you're not having a bad day. You know what? I'm going to jump on my Marvel Universe app, and I'm not going to have to wait fucking 30 years to find out what happened to the goddamn Tarkin. <laughs> yeah, my question is, Dave, as a comic book collector for so long, how did it take you 30 years to not pick up that issue in you, any of the bookstores? 
You know what? Star Wars was always a, a fairly high priced back issue purchase. Yeah. And I was, you know, as a kid, if for me, I, I could get a lot more mileage out of spending money buying, you know, Spider-Man comics or, or G.I. Joe comics like that. There was more bang for the buck. Like I could spend five, six dollars and get three or four issues as opposed to Star Wars, which at that point was like five or six bucks for one issue. And yeah, I was, yeah. you know, I was 10, 12. I didn't I didn't have that kind of money, Scott. OK, OK. I wasn't yeah. rich like you Southern California boys. I just couldn't, <laughs> uh, couldn't make it happen. Oh. On that note, guys, I think it's been a long week. It's, re- it's been a long two weeks, actually. Yeah. Um, 2020 has been the longest fucking year I have ever been through. And we're not even halfway through it. It's like a Jumanji game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I put this on my social media, and I think you all responded to it. But I said it's like the the months of the year are acting like they're having a demolition derby instead of this orderly progression through the calendar. <laughs> yeah, we we have you know uh, we we talked about Disney and their performance and 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 picking up you know Fox you know middle of last year and launching the 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 Disney Plus channel and with the success of the Mandalorian I mean I, really a bright future for for 2020 opening up the the galaxy's edge last summer and everything it's really just a bright future and man just the brakes screeched to a halt on this fucking year is what is what everything did it's just fucking crazy yeah but, but, brick wall that's what it was yeah and and honestly if disney got bought by apple that would actually not even make my top 20 of things i didn't predict to happen in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> so anyway let's get out of here guys things can only go up from here right that's all yeah. i can do is just go hopefully. up hopefully hopefully <laughs> I have good hopes for the future. I think brighter days are ahead for all of us. I'm thinking maybe we're rounding the corner on the coronavirus thing. We'll see in the next two weeks if all of a sudden there's a spike all across the country because everybody's out protesting. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Well, the numbers have already spiked, Gregory. Haven't you heard? There's like 22,000 new cases a day. (laughs) I have not heard. Where are are these cases sprouting up at? Just nationwide? Yeah, wherever all of these riots are happening. I have not heard this. Well, there, it there sounds goes, terrifying. There goes your positive outlook for the future. I think I'm going to have to go just kill myself after this episode, thanks. guys. Thanks for ending us on a high note there, Nico. Can, can I... Can I can I crack open the carbonite case and just jump in with Steve for a little while? Is that possible? Can we do that? I think uh, I want to be frozen in carbonite just until all this blows over. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Guys, if you want to be frozen in carbonite... Uh, give us a call. That, it's some phone number I don't remember. Well, I think we ditched the phone number is what we did. You can find us on Facebook, though, even though Steve hates the Facebook. He's going to just murder... At the the Zuckerberg Zuckerberg is a spineless twat. Seriously. Facebook.com slash the wretched hive. That's where you can leave a message about what a punk ass Mark Zuckerberg is. Uh, You can find us on Instagram, uh, wretched hive 77. You can find us on the Twitters at wretched hive pod. Don't go to the Twitter, folks. Talk talk about a wretched hive of scum and villainy. That's fucking. 
Twitter is to a, to a T. Go fucking make a TikTok video of you dancing. That's a, that's that's what I want. Make do a do a like a, a an Ula the Twilight dancing to Jabba's nuts. Do one of those kind of dances. That's, that's good. That's good. And send cat videos to Dave. Please, <laughs> I love cat videos. That's not a lie. He does love cat videos. And, and trust me. I've got a lot of cats now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to share my cat with you guys on the show tonight. Most nights we were And it's been, and you've been sharing very well. Guys, we'll see you in two weeks. I hope you all take care of each other. Be good. And may the force be with us all. Always. Vote.